The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. Hey everybody, happy Tuesday. Super Tuesday, as a matter of fact. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And Michigan does not vote yet. We are not part of the Super Tuesday thing. We actually have to wait a whole week, a whole week from today, to actually get our chance to go to the polls and vote in the Democratic primary. But there's also something else that is coming up on your ballot this time around, and that is a renewal millage or the Detroit Institute of Arts. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I'm being fair on this one. I go to the DIA quite frequently. I have gotten my money's worth out of my tax investment over the last 10 years or eight years, actually, over and over again, and hopefully you have as well. But we're going to hear the case made by David Flynn, who's the senior vice president of public and community affairs for the DIA, make the case for why they need this renewal millage, especially after they said they probably wouldn't need to come back to us again last time. We'll hear from him on the program today, and after that, I'll have some thoughts on Super Tuesday and what we're seeing shape up on the Democratic side. I see a lot of hand-wringing from Bernie supporters out there saying that they're out to get him again. Well, I've got some thoughts on that, too. So stick around for The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. TechTown Detroit is a business incubator and accelerator, helping tech startups and local businesses launch and grow. TechTown supports businesses with co-working, office, meeting, and event space. They also connect entrepreneurs to resources and learning and networking events in Detroit. TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for checking out the show on this Tuesday. I really do appreciate it very much. Well, like I said, we have an election coming up one week from today here in the state of Michigan, and uh, there's probably going to be pretty good Democratic turnout, given that there is, of course, a Democratic primary going on here. Donald Trump running unopposed, and so there's not going to be a whole lot of traffic there. But there is a question that is on the ballot for us all in southeast Michigan, and and, uh, frankly, that's the DIA millage, the Tri-County millage on whether or not to renew support for the Detroit Institute of Arts. Well, I figured I'd give them an opportunity to make their case. I had a chance to sit down with David Flynn, who's the Senior Vice President of Public and Community Affairs at the DIA. I met up with him at the Detroit Policy Conference a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't had a chance to play this for everybody, so I wanted to get it out there today. Now, I do want to emphasize here, this is my podcast. I am a supporter of the DIA. You'll hear that come through here. I know that there is some dissent out there in the community, but all I can say is this. If you have not taken advantage of the free admission to this, or your kid, or perhaps your parents haven't taken advantage of the free bus rides and school trips to the DIA, I don't know what to tell you. It's a fantastic institution. You should probably check it out. But it's going to be up to you to pull the lever one way or the other. You may decide to support it. You may decide not to. But I wanted to run this today. Here's my conversation with David Flynn. Welcome, sir. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. Well, obviously, the DIA has been around a long time. It's provided an incredibly important service for our community. I'm a huge fan. 
You guys have a big issue coming up, though. There's a there's a millage vote that's coming up to support the DIA. You're back at it. Uh, first of all, let's just get this out of the way. I mean, this was passed several years ago, and there was discussion about whether or not you would have to be back here again. And so mm -hmm. why are we back here again? So we've appreciated the generosity of the support of residents of Macomb, Oakland, and Wayne County. They pay a small millage, which... You know, if you own a home that's worth $150,000, you pay $15 a year. And we have service agreements and contracts with the counties for free general admission for every resident every day, uh, free K-12 through trips with transportation for any student, public, private in the area. We provide, transfer, or we provide school trips for over 80,000 students each year. Um, every Thursday at the museum, we have senior trips. Um, that we provide different tours and activities and community partnerships where we're out with Inside Out where reproductions are in communities and we work with local partners and provide services. And to continue this great work and this partnership, um, we, we still need to be able to go back to the public and hopefully earn the right for another millage renewal. Well, and again, this is a renewal. This is not a change. This is not an increase. This is just a continuation of what exists already. Correct. And so, again, it's 0.2 mils, but you said the average cost is $15. Uh, if you own a home that's worth $150,000, you pay $15 a year. And the value proposition of that, to think of going to a world-class museum in your backyard. And what we found out in research is that people want their kids and their grandkids to have unique experiences they can't find on TV or online. And it's really special that they can come down to a museum and see Van Gogh, see Picasso, see Matisse, see the Rivera murals in their backyard and not have to travel across the United States or the world. Well, you know, and, and I think one of the things that happened as a result of this last millage. I mean, what was the impact on attendance at the museum? It significantly uh, increased um, in the tri-counties, and that's the community that we're proud to serve inside the museum, but also outside the museum. I mean, we provide teacher professional development for over 10,000 teachers where they can bring that work back in their classroom. We're do creating public mural projects. We've been in Lake Orion, Sterling Heights, Clawson. Um, we've been in Detroit in the Osborne neighborhood. We're doing something in Hannon house. I mean, we're bringing things that will be there in their local neighborhoods for generation to come. Well, you know, when you take a look at this, and I know there are a number of people that have been to the DIA since they do realize they're paying the millage, they get in free, that had not been there in decades. Uh, there are huge exhibits coming this summer as well. You've got, of course, the Van Gogh exhibit that is coming. Uh, you've got this wonderful automotive exhibit that's going to be on display as well. These are things that, you know, are attracting people that might not be your typical museum customer. I, what, I guess what feedback are you getting from people who haven't been in a while? You know, the director of the museum, Salvador Lord Pons, and his leadership team, we go out in the community and we want to find what's relevant to the people we serve. Um, obviously, we're a world-class museum and this millage allows us to have a platform to provide Van Gogh. We're bringing 67 Van Goghs to Detroit. I mean, that is unheard of um, in any museum across the world. We're bringing uh, car design and showing how it's uh, symbolic and uh, very similar to the design of artwork um, in contemporary art. And, you know, we've had Star Wars, we've had baseball, we're having Great Lakes of uh, photography. We're doing things so there's something for everybody at the museum. Well, I want to remind folks, my guest is David Flynn, again, Senior Vice President for Public and Community Affairs at the DIA. Your job is to go out there and work with communities, talk to people about what it is you're asking for, what the benefits are. What's a typical question you're getting from somebody about this and the DIA? 
the one thing that was surprising even after eight years of this millage is that we know that people really enjoy and value the services we offer, but they don't necessarily know about them. And so we're on an awareness and favorability campaign because we found out the more you know about the DIA, the more you like the DIA. And we really want more people to take advantage of the services that they get through their annual tax. Um, Make sure you come down with your family for free admission. This isn't a static museum. We have music, we have art, we have performances, we have an art studio, um, we have gallery games. Um, and so there's something for everybody at the museum um, and we want families to come down and enjoy this world-class treasure. Uh, one thing that's a little off the beaten path on this, but one of the things that's really happened with the DIA, at least from what my anecdotal experience here, it's always been a gathering space for the community, but it's become sort of a different gathering space. It's almost like a co-working space half the day over at uh, over at Kresge Court. I mean, you've got people that are sort of making this their de facto office space sometimes, and I don't know if that's something that's encouraged or not, but people are utilizing the space in ways that they didn't used to. Anybody that walks through the museum is encouraged to enjoy every aspect that we have, and that's one of them. And we're also a great spot for date night. On Friday nights, we're open until 10 p.m., we have music, we have film, um, and you can enjoy a glass of wine and dinner and see one of the world's best collections of art right in Detroit. So this is, again, a renewal. It'll be a 10-year renewal. Um, and, and one of the questions people are going to ask, is this something that is going to go on in perpetuity, or, or do we know at this point? You know, I think that would be irresponsible to answer that question now. You know, I think the county leadership, the DIA leadership, and ultimately the voters should decide on that 10 years from now, decide if they want to continue this great partnership. Well, speaking of, of leadership, uh, I understand that you've got local leadership on board here. You know, we have a broad diversity of support amongst our county leadership. Um, all the county executives and the mayor are supporting us in this effort. All the county board chairs and art authority uh, chairs are supporting us in this effort. Uh, legislators, business community. Uh, local nonprofits. Uh, you know, we have a broad diversity because we offer so much to so many people and we're working every day. We don't take anything for granted. We want to continue to be better and I think we've made a lot of progress in the next, uh, past eight years and, you know, if we get another opportunity for 10 years, you're going to see more great things from the DIA. Well, if, if I could ask, I mean, you know, and I'm not sure that you were there uh, when the last one of these passed. Uh, but how is it, does it feel different this time asking for that support than it did? Because I remember there was a real question when this was first on the ballot as to whether or not, especially people in the suburbs, were going to support this institution. Uh, it certainly seems as if maybe it's an easier sell this time around. At that time, I was actually the chair of the Macomb County Commission, uh -huh. and it was a very close election, uh, It was and it was hard to get it on the ballot. But I think that people have seen that we've uh, exceeded expectations time and again. Um, in Macomb County alone, we're supposed to provide 8,000 kids. We provide 17,000 kids each year. Um, in Wayne County, we're supposed to provide 16,000. We do close to 40,000. Um, in Oakland County, 16,000 kids. We do 22,000. We exceed every expectation that we're um, asked to achieve, and we'll continue to want to grow that number. All right. Well, David, uh, we appreciate it. Again, remind folks when this is happening. This is Tuesday, uh, March 10th. Um, 
If you need any more information on the campaign, please go to our website at yesforthedia.org. All right. Well, we appreciate it. David Flynn, Senior Vice President of Public and Community Affairs for the Detroit Institute of Arts. We appreciate your time, sir. And, you know, hey, look, I'm not even going to lie. I'm a huge fan of the DIA, big supporter, and uh, life spending time there. So help a guy out, right? Thanks for having us. All right. We'll be back. David Flynn is the Senior Vice President of Public and Community Affairs for the Detroit Institute of Arts. Again, that conversation recorded a couple of weeks ago at the Detroit Policy Conference. Stick around. Coming back. It's Super Tuesday. What does it mean? Well, we'll find out, obviously, in a few hours, but I've got some thoughts. Stick around. Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. All right, so we have arrived at Super Tuesday. Of course, we sat through uh, what's happening in Iowa, then New Hampshire, and then South Carolina, and Joe Biden makes his big stirring comeback. And then everybody starts looking at the tea leaves and the polling data about what's going on in the big states on Super Tuesday, places like Texas and California and North Carolina and Virginia and Massachusetts. And some of the candidates have decided to get out of the race. Pete Buttigieg doing so just the other day. Amy Klobuchar followed right behind. And obviously there are reasons to suspend your campaign. If you take a look at the numbers and you realize there is no clear path to victory, you might as well keep your powder dry for the future. You maybe have some different things that you want to accomplish going down the road. So why waste all your money if you know you're going to lose? And if you looked at the polling data for Pete and Amy Klobuchar, it just wasn't there. It wasn't going to be there. And the only thing that it would do is split the vote amongst a bunch of candidates and potentially give Bernie Sanders some victories in states that maybe... He wouldn't win otherwise if there were fewer candidates in the race. So, of course, the DNC is going to get involved, or at least some of the advisors to these campaigns, and say, well, hey, why not drop out of the race, throw your support behind, maybe a more moderate candidate, someone that's actually a Democrat, as opposed to Bernie Sanders. And, like I said, Bernie Sanders is Bernie Sanders. I... If he's the nominee, I'm going to vote for him over Donald Trump. I know this. At the same time, the concerns that certain people have about whether or not he'd be a drag down ticket, those are legitimate concerns. Now, I haven't seen all the research to suggest that that's the case, but I hear people smarter than I am when it comes to campaign issues suggesting that it might be a problem. And I know that there are a number of people on the Bernie side that suggest that this sort of, uh, you know, mealy mouth middle doesn't exist in the numbers that the Democrats like to believe it does. These so-called moderate voters don't exist in this polarized age that we're in. But I think they do. And the idea of Medicare for all is something that Bernie has definitely moved the needle on. And he's actually got people talking about health care, covering everybody and making sure it's affordable in ways that we've never really seriously considered. Because the only thing that has been top of mind for a lot of politicians, especially on the Republican side for years, has been maximizing the profits in the industry for the investors that bankroll their campaigns. Let's not kid ourselves about that. Every attempt to actually get more people covered has been effectively steamrolled by the Republicans up until the Affordable Care Act, and as soon as that did pass, they did their best to dismantle it. This isn't about making sure people have coverage, and anytime a Republican tells you that they are for good health care for everybody, their actions belie that. Their actions suggest the exact 
opposite. Their actions suggest they really don't care. And I'm not just saying this based on this campaign year or Donald Trump saying we're going to have the best health care ever, but not putting up a plan yet. The Republicans never once put up a plan to compete with Obamacare, even as they were trying to dismantle it. The status quo seems perfectly acceptable to them, with the exception of the Medicaid expansion, which they would like to see removed as well, which would again kick, oh, I don't know, a couple 10 to 20 million people off of, of health care right now in this country. Until they actually come up with a plan that addresses some of the shortfalls of our system, some of the pitfalls of our healthcare system, I'm not going to listen to a word that they say about health care. But here's one thing I will say for Bernie Sanders and for Elizabeth Warren, the two most progressive candidates left on the stage at this point in time. They have moved the window on the health care discussion. They have Americans actively talking about whether or not we can have a single-payer system or at least a system that finds a way to cover everybody and not have people go bankrupt when they get sick. I will be thankful to Bernie Sanders forever for the fact that we're having this conversation. It matters. The problem is that we in this country are still afraid. We certainly are afraid of labels. And we've been taught our entire lives, and I'm 52 years old, we've been taught our entire lives that socialism is a bad thing. That that leads to communism. And this goes back to, obviously, the Cold War and before. This goes all the way back to the Bolshevik, the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917. We've been paranoid about creeping socialism and communism for the last hundred years. But we do have certain aspects of our life which are socialist, whether it's Medicare, Social Security. It's amazing how these things work. Public schools. There are a lot of socialist aspects of our life that we have lived with and successfully lived with for a long, long time. So we shouldn't be afraid of the label. Of the label. What we should be looking at is degrees and how many degrees we're willing to go at any given time. And I think for a lot of voters out there, well, what Bernie is pushing for is, is a couple of degrees farther than they're comfortable with right now. It doesn't mean they don't think he's got the right ideas or his heart's in the right place, but they're not sure that we can accomplish everything he wants to accomplish in one fell swoop. We have been an incrementalist nation throughout our entire history, and that hasn't always led to the best results. Obviously, there are situations where it's been dreadful. Civil rights being the most prominent example. We still struggle with civil rights in this country, and we likely will for a long time. We haven't gotten that right, and we're not going to anytime soon. There's a lot of healing that needs to be done. There's a lot of action that needs to be taken to make sure that everybody in this country is dealt with in an equitable fashion. From everything from healthcare to education, job opportunities, the way that we're reacted to by our fellow citizens and by law enforcement. We've got a lot of work to do there. But here's the one thing. The Democrats in the race, all of the Democrats in the race, whether you're a Bernie supporter, an Elizabeth Warren supporter, a Biden supporter, every one of those people that's still left on the stage on the Democratic side is light years better than what we get if we don't unite in some capacity. So I see why the Democrats are trying to find a way to unite behind somebody they think can beat Donald Trump. Somebody that's not going to turn off those middle-of-the-road voters. What they're hoping to do, and whether or not they do this, we, sh we shall see. But what they're hoping to do is make sure that they can cement those middle-of-the-road people, those more moderate Democrats, and at the same time, have the people who are more on the Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders side, come along for the ride because the alternative is something that we can't stomach. 
They need to convince people of that, not have a repeat of 2016, where a lot of people that were Bernie supporters did not follow along with Hillary Clinton. And you can argue about what Hillary's shortcomings were all day long. But the fact is, had the Bernie voters who were turned off by the process, turned off by the DNC, still voted for Hillary Clinton, she likely would be the president right now. Now, that may not lead to the results that you're looking for. It may not make the progress that you want fast enough. And I get that frustration. I totally understand that frustration. But you have to admit that you go that moderate route, even if it's not the exact candidate you want and they're not going to do everything you want, it's going to be light years better than what would happen if we have another four years of Donald Trump. Another four years of a person who is unwilling to even acknowledge that there's a problem when it comes to climate. In fact, he's undoing regulations that were put in place to actually move us forward on that issue. He's doubling down on things like coal and fossil fuels, getting us out of international agreements that were going to bring some of the developing countries into the fold when it comes to fighting climate change, undoing those things, undoing rules when it comes to guns, undoing rules when it comes to banking regulations so people don't get screwed by greedy bankers. Because these things do happen. Undoing regulations that were put in place to make sure, make sure that we were moving in the right direction when it comes to arms control issues and foreign policy and bringing bad international actors into the fold in a reasonable and responsible way. We're not seeing any of that right now. We are going in the opposite direction of everything that progressives suggest they want with the current administration in place. And so I'm making a pledge right now. If Bernie Sanders wins this nomination, I'm going to vote for Bernie Sanders over Donald Trump. If Joe Biden wins, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. If Elizabeth Warren wins, I'm going to vote for Elizabeth Warren. And even if Mike Bloomberg wins, who is not somebody I even want in this race at this point in time, never did, but if Mike Bloomberg for some reason wins the nomination, I will vote for Mike Bloomberg over this administration that is in office right now. And I know that whatever candidate gets chosen is not going to be exactly what I want, but it's going to get me closer to what I want than what is in there right now because they're going to go in the opposite direction. I don't want, I don't want lesser cafe standards for vehicles. I want vehicles to get cleaner. I don't want to pull out of international treaties. I want those treaties to get stronger and to bring the rest of the world up to our standards improve the quality of life around the globe, work with our allies to better the planet, find ways to combat climate change. And that's going to take, again, our allies and international cooperation, something this administration seems disinclined to do. America first? What the heck is that? There is no such thing anymore as the coronavirus is showing us. We are all interconnected. There's nothing we can do on our own soil that is going to have a way to blunt the international crisis that could be, that could be on the horizon if this indeed continues to grow forward. It is showing the interconnectedness we have with the rest of the world. I am unwilling to vote for somebody that seems to think that we can go it alone. Isolationism almost never works. The most isolationist nation in the world right now is what? North Korea. How's that going for them? Think about it. You may not get everything that you want. But with any of the candidates who are going to be on the ballot in Michigan in a few days, you're going to get closer than what you're going to get if you don't vote or you go to the other side.
Simple as that. Progress. It may not be as fast as you like, but it's still progress instead of regress. And I just urge you to think about that as you get ready to vote next week. I won't tell you who to vote for. That's up to you. You've got your own reasons for doing it. But there's one thing that has to be accomplished here. This guy's got to go. We know this, right? Have a good day, everybody. Send me an email. I know you can, don't like some of you are just ticked off right now. That's fine. Shoot me an email, Show at gmail.com. Find me on social media. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back. Don't forget, on Friday, it is the week that was, our weekly roundup of things that have happened in the news. And, of course, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll have results from Super Tuesday. We'll see what's going on there. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on that I want to get to as well. So thanks for checking it out. Tell your friends, subscribe, like it, all that kind of stuff. Again, thanks to our sponsors, Samaritas and TechTown, for their continued support of this program. Got some cool stuff coming up with both of them in the coming weeks as well. So... Check it out. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com slash membership.